Hello everyone, I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast, episode 15 of season 2. And I want to start like we always do by saying where we are, but it's a bit confusing. Well, I know where we are, but we are recording this one a bit out of order for technical reasons and... It's going to air before the one where we said where we were going to be in a couple days, but that one came before the one that aired after the one that it came before. Therefore, if we say where we're going to be when we've already gone there, that's about where we're at as far as this. It's it's clear as mud. We're confused. (laughs) So we are in Colorado, and we are going to be in Tennessee in a couple days, but this will air about a month. A couple Sometime weeks after, after we, we get, get there. there. I almost said before. See, I'm <laughs> I'm so confused. This is what happens when you don't yeah. don't have a nine to five job. Yeah. And you travel full time. It just you're it blurs. Our plans are flexible, so all of this is actually kind of representative of how we kind of live anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, so We'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's cold. It won't be cold in a couple of days. How about that? Mm-hmm. We got a message from a listener. Yeah, we got a couple of topic suggestions, so we can decided to tackle one of them now. And before we do that, we really want that. We want this to be a community. We want people to engage with us. We want people to tell us we're wrong if you think we're wrong. We want people to tell us that we helped them, that we are ignorant. We we don't care. We yeah. just want engagement of any type. Be honest. But questions are easy. Right. Gives us talking points, and we like talking, so. Well, and during these pandemic days, it's incredibly isolating. Like, we're already a subset of the general public as kinky people having a platform like this where we can connect with other kinky people in addition to the fact that we're nomadic so we don't have those kind of structures like hobbies that we go to on a recurring basis and jobs that we go to where we meet people having these people having access to our audience is part of our social life a little bit a little bit a lot because Mm -hmm. we haven't physically touched another person for probably six months we've we have been monogamous we've been (laughs) pandemous what's the word for it it's monogamy out of necessity i don't know um although we've talked about we are opening up to the right situation, even potentially someone traveling with us, mm-hmm. a woman traveling with us, we would be open to, but everything would have to align. We're not rushing it. But nonetheless, we have been monogamous for six months, and this is our social life. We are, mm-hmm. we are traveling, yeah. so we, we want you guys to be part of this community. So get a hold of us, but if you have questions or topics, please shoot them over. Right, so the topic that was sent in was how to decipher the difference between wants and needs and how to negotiate for those needs. And I love this because we have 
touched on this in a number of shows. Mm-hmm. But we've never done a deep dive into this, and you had told me that you wanted to talk more about this specific area. Right. Well, it has specific weight for us as a couple just because of my condition. I have uh, chronic pain, which we've done an episode now about the fact that I have fibromyalgia. We use BDSM as a treatment strategy for my chronic pain. That had to be negotiated, but also there's a lot of other fallout when you're dealing with somebody who has a chronic condition. There's emotional needs. There's additional physical considerations. So, I mean, this is a place where we started off from the get-go. Right, and with something so extreme, excuse me, things that would otherwise be wants do become needs, and... Let's start by talking about the differences between those because we weren't really in our previous shows referring to them as wants and needs. Right. Although we had talked about them a lot. When we we started talking about this the most when we were, when we talked about finding a DS partner mm-hmm. or finding a kinky play partner. Right. And um, all this applies to mainstream relationships also. Like it, I think it's still a good strategy, but what I had done this year for the first time, and I put this in writing, was I made a list of the non-negotiables, the things that I just absolutely had to have, or I wasn't going to be in a relationship with somebody, and then a list of things that I was willing to compromise, but those are things that I was looking for. But I wasn't going to dig my heels in on if other boxes checked. Mm -hmm. And what those were, were the non-negotiables were the needs. Right. The, what I said we compromise on were the wants. So let's start calling them wants and needs. I think that's actually a a better terminology for them. So Mm -hmm. let's switch our vernacular. Is that the right word? Sure. Okay. So let's start with needs. Why is it important to define your needs? Well, relationships can be the emotional center of your life. If your relationship is going well, it affects how well you can do your job, how well you can navigate the world because you are either secure or insecure in where you go, what you're going to get when you go home or when you go to your partner. And it's either a safe place or a non-safe place. And a lot of people put a, a lot of burden on that relationship to be a good thing, to be a place where they can return to. And I think that's kind of the core of where the dominance and submission comes from. Because we can negotiate that space and we know that if the entire world is crumbling around us, you're still dominant when you're with me. Because I met, I met that need. Because we're, we've negotiated that that need is something that you... That you, you have to have. And I want you to. And I have to be in a submissive space 
and you want me to be. So the security of defining those things that you have to have no matter what happens. Right. Right, and that's that's what I would call a need. A need mm-hmm. does not just mean food, water, and shelter. It, right. It could be a kink that you're not going to be happy without. Right. It could mean. It could mean that you have always wanted kids and you're not going to be satisfied in life without children. Right. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be something that looks like a need to the outside. It's just it's a need for you. Right. It's something that you have determined is a core of your personal character or your your id, who you really are as a as an individual in this world. And and I would call it something that without this you cannot be truly happy. Mm-hmm. You can have happy moments, have happy days, but you aren't going to put your head down at the pillow at night and say, I have everything. Mm-hmm. I mean when you feel like you have everything, it doesn't mean there's not a hundred things you couldn't list that you would like that you don't have. But when when I feel like I have everything, it means there's a very small list of things that I need, but when I have those, I have everything. Because everything else is negotiable. Those are wants. Mm-hmm. I think the, the reason to define these, I think this is something that everybody, if you're searching for a DS partner or if you're just single, like maybe the number one piece of advice that I would give anybody is to write these down. Mm-hmm. Not an original idea. Probably every therapist in the world would probably tell you the same thing if you don't write it down it's not real mm-hmm. but if you write down the list of things that you need that you cannot negotiate will not negotiate you have something in writing when you meet somebody that doesn't tick one of those boxes then you can save yourself all of the pain that comes with allowing the relationship to move forward when it doesn't meet that Right, so you can avoid putting in emotional investment, physical time investments. All the way through marriage and having kids and starting a business and buying a house and just moving in. But even if it's just six months of dating somebody. It's time you could be spending with somebody who does. You might have missed it. Mm -hmm. And it's important that when, you know, someone might respond by saying, well, nobody's going to be everything. Well, that's true. That's why this is probably a pretty short list, Mm -hmm. right? If you list 20 needs and call them deal breakers, you're not going to find someone that's going to check 20 boxes. I can't imagine. Well, your chances are very Very, slim. They're very low. And we've talked about in monogamous context how that's a really selfish system that is kind of a popular opinion like you you want to find the one the one who fills your everything the person who's going to be the center of your world your best friend your lover everything in one package and in a polyamorous context it doesn't necessarily have to be one person but they can allow you access to filling those needs with other people well and i think this is actually almost semantics Mm -hmm. but if you have seven things on your need non-negotiable need list 
If that person gives you five, but then allows you to get the other two elsewhere, I would argue that they are giving you all seven. Right. In fact, I'll use the word argue. I will argue with you if you say they're not. (laughs) Because that is what you're doing. You are giving your partner what they need, even if it's just a freedom to, to seek that out. Right. But that list is, I call all of those things on that list. If, if the person even doesn't check one of those and you can't get that, that is, it's something you can't live without. And if you tell yourself, well, no, that's something that I, I would be willing to live without. Well, then that wasn't in your need category. Then it becomes a want, a very strong want maybe, mm-hmm. but it's not a, a, it's not a deal breaker. And if you put these things in writing, then right off the bat, you can check those boxes. I mean, you can find out those first few boxes maybe really quickly. Right. Hey, have you always wanted kids? No, nope, I hate kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's easy. Or, or no, I've raised mine and I don't want to do it again. Perfect. And that's right. great. And then mm-hmm. you, you know, but I think where it's hard is because when, especially when you're, if you're single and you're lonely, or maybe you're not single, but you're not getting sexual needs, kinks met. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to grasp because there's just desperation. Well, and there's evidence of that because there's tons of people that settle for less than what they're actually looking for. Which you do with your wants. You, mm. you Settling with the things that you want and are negotiable is acceptable, I think. Mm-hmm. Because that's just compromise. Right. I want to go to chick flicks. Mm, the guy doesn't like chick flicks. Well, is that really a deal breaker in the relationship when they have a stable job and they are good at rope bondage mm-hmm. and, and they have a good sense of humor? I mean, right? I mean, right. you can, can you live without the movies? Yeah. Yeah. But then you adjust your paradigm. So maybe that person isn't going to be a primary partner or a nesting partner because they can't provide certain things. So you play with them when you want that certain kink need met or something like that instead of building your life around them. And I think what's, we're going to talk about the negotiation because how do you negotiate and ask for these things that you want? Mm -hmm. Those things that you have in your need category don't need to be in the need category of the potential partner because if the thing you need falls into their, they're willing to negotiate category. Well then they can, that could be negotiated where they give you that thing. Right, it could still be a fit. Yeah, I mean, if you need to live in Baltimore because that's where your sick mom is, that's a need. I'm not going to be with a partner that won't move to Baltimore with me. Mm -hmm. And the person doesn't want to go to Baltimore, but in the right situation they're willing to move, You, that's an area you put your foot down. That's an area where they're willing to yield on. You Mm -hmm. get that need met. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to align with their needs. But it, the opposite of needs also is the hard nose, mm-hmm. right? So you, and I always put that in the need category because, it, but it's two sides of the same coin. I need to have kids is the same as, as I need to not have kids in my house. Mm-hmm. So, but it would be the, the hard no. If, if their need is in your non-negotiable, there's also a problem there. Because you're not willing to bend on this one, or you won't be happy if you do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, God, that's, I mean, how many times in, has that been 
where a couple looks back in hindsight and they say, I knew there was a problem going into this. Yeah. I, I mean, again, easiest example. I always wanted kids. They didn't want kids. Ten years later, I don't have kids. My I, biological clock is And you go, man, why didn't I, why did I make that choice ten years ago? Because, by the way, I just used the word want. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a want. It was a need. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, none of this relates to the DS dynamic at all. Because when you're meeting someone and you're in the negotiating phase, there is no dominant or submissive at that point. Right. We come to the table as as equal individuals. And every time we renegotiate something, it's that as the framework. Our dom and sub hats go off and we are equal functional humans who have desires and needs. And we talk from a place of equality and respect the only inequality perceived inequality that exists in the relationship is when one partner says that is not an area i want control over you may have it i don't want it but the option is still there for the other person to say that they don't want it so that's why the negotiation is equal you don't get to say I don't want to do this. It's your job. And because you're the dom, I have no choice but to say, yes, master. It is very much a, well, I can do that. I choose to do that. Yes, I will accept that responsibility. But it's not a given. That's what I'm talking about from being, we're respected as equals. We are equals. Mm -hmm. You can't have a DS relationship without both parties taken on their role. Right. It's impossible. And it is very much a symbiotic thing because of coming in from that framework. There's not anything that you would offer me that I would wouldn't be capable of doing on my own. I bring value to this relationship just like you bring value to this relationship. So, there is no, like, I'm just this pathetic thing that can't survive without you. I mean, an object worth owning has value. And if there's no value there, then it's trash. So, let's talk specifically about us. Where, what were your needs, your non-negotiables? My first and foremost, and we've talked about this, that sex is the, it's kind of a tricky subject because people say that that's a shallow place to base a relationship, but. It has to be it, the type of sex you want, the it, frequency you want, the, the, with all the components that come with it. Right. And, and we negotiated that because I have a very high sex drive that was not fulfilled in <clears throat> previous relationships. That's a big deal. I have specific kink needs. I do not want to be in relationship with vanilla people who aren't going to provide that for me. I wasn't even really looking for a primary partner, but that's the... It's still the basis of every relationship. If that person's going to hang out with me on a frequent 
with any frequency, they're going to hear me talking about sex all the time. They need to be open to that because it it's kind of off-putting to some people and they're like, "Why are you why are you such a dirty-minded girl? Why don't you just don't is that all you ever think about?" Well, yeah, it kind of is. So if that bothers you, then we're not going to be good friends. It's just not but it, it there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that they're not a match. That's not a negotiable. Right. A person could check every other box. They could be nice and handsome and friendly and like to travel and have a good job. If they don't check that box, it won't work, period. Period. Not negotiable. Oh, I'm just going to annoy you after a while, and, and that's not okay. And you will have wasted the time you spent with them because ultimately it didn't work, and you knew it wasn't going to work, and you've made exceptions. Mm-hmm. What other non- non-negotiables? Well, and I'm busy in my head, which is exactly where I don't want to be. I want to be present with the person, not worrying about, oh, well, I can't bring that up because they're going to get pissed off at me. Because I just finished talking about somebody's tits. You know, like, that has to be... It's a part of who I am. I'm going to say things. I'm going to... I'm going to be watching somebody's ass walking down the street. And if they're like, well, why are you always checking people out? Like, because that's what I do. And if that's... If you don't like it, then... You know, it's... We're just not going to work. What else? Um, I love travel and I don't mean like taking a vacation once a year. It is an essential part of my life. I need the variety of my environment as much as I do in not having rules and having a nine to five job and variety in my sex life. I, I love being other places. It lights me up to see new scenery even if it's just like when I was living in a suburban place I would drive a different way every single time I went somewhere I I get I feel trapped when I'm in one place for very long and for very long means like a couple of weeks for me so finding a person to be with that has that as a as an available option is it's kind of hard because the structure of the culture is not like that there aren't very many nomadic people or people that well and it's it's opening up now more because people have like telecommuting jobs because of covid and stuff like that but there's still a minority there's you know people that have trades and that work in many fields have to go to their place of business and that means they're rooted to a, to a location and I don't want to live like that. And what else? And then the elephant in the room is my illness. So I needed somebody who has either the skill to treat me gracefully when I'm sick or the the ability to help me in some way and that could mean anything that could mean when I can't get out of bed that you bring coffee to me in the morning or you help me get out of bed to go to the bathroom I don't have like actual medical things that procedurally would need to be done but that's 
a possibility in the future. I'm immune compromised because of my chronic pain condition. So, you know, there's a lot of consideration around that. And it, it was something that was on the table for I needed somebody who can handle this thing. And it's part of the package. So I think those are my top three. Right. And and again, a lot of the other things are really, really, really strong wants. Mm-hmm. But they're not deal breakers. Right. Those those three, you cannot, you could not function without. You're going to travel in a hypersexual relationship and there are, you're going to have some bad days. Yeah. And that's, the person has to be, be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. So many other things are wants, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you want someone with a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But if the person had all these other qualities and just didn't have a great sense of humor, as much as you want someone who cracks you up, you could live without that mm-hmm. because they checked the, the need boxes, right? Right. Again, that's not what you would like. Mm-hmm. But that is something that is not the deal breaker. Right. And what about you? Well. You did. You did what you told, what you tell the listeners. You wrote down your list. I carry your list. (laughs) I have it in my purse. Right. And I separated the wants. and I I, I call them negotiables and Mm -hmm. non-negotiables. It needed to be someone that I just wrote down that the sex had to be what I wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was the same exact thing. It was a hypersexual relationship where sex was at the kind of at the core of everyday life. That we're gonna have sex when throughout the day just because we're gonna talk about it and think about it, we're gonna touch each other, we're gonna stop, we're gonna sneak off, we're gonna play here and there. It's gonna be constant. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be kinky. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be psychological. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. It's not vanilla sex. Mm-hmm. That's let's just leave it at that. It's just we've talked at length and we will talk more. Right. But it's it's not going to be vanilla, and it's not going to be a small part of the relationship. I'm, it's, we're going to have sex anytime I want. Mm-hmm. Just like you are going to get sex anytime you want. Mm-hmm. And that just had to be a part of it. I've, right. I've been in relationships with people who check all the other boxes Mm -hmm. and they just weren't that sexual and I was never happy it was always something that just god I just want just why can't I have this one this one part Mm -hmm. and this person would be perfect perfect enough Mm -hmm. so I know that I can't live without that being just huge right I am never going to settle and land in a, in a location. I'm going to travel the rest of my life. And if a person can't do that, I will come visit them and they will fly out to see me. If there wasn't a, you know, the zombies would put, <laughs> hinder that. But I'm going to be traveling full time. I'm not going to stay in a place. I'm not going to buy a house in the suburbs. I make, I make plenty of money. But I'm going to spend that money on experiences and doing new things. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to do that. And not a vacation. And not, hey, in a year and a half, you want to try to pick a place to nest? Mm-hmm. 
It's like, no, I'm going to do this until I'm not, well, probably till I die. Until I'm not able to, which death would be included in not being able to do it. Right. And that's it. I will not sacrifice that. Non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable that, to me, that we are not going to have conflict. We are not going to argue. That is not how... By the way, and we have argued. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect, nor... I'm not perfect at even my management of this, but I'm good at it, and mm-hmm. I will try to always be perfect. But I'm not going to be in a situation where I'm arguing with somebody, and I'm not going to be in a situation where that person's allowed to hurt me because we're arguing. Right. Because one of my trigger points or soft spots or weaknesses, whatever you want to call it, is that my partners have always, well, just because they're, I, I don't know, because I've let them into my heart, whatever cliche you want to put on it, that their words cause me pain. If they say things that are mean and cruel, and it doesn't go away later or completely when they say, oh, I didn't mean it, I was just angry. You know I don't feel that way. Like, no, I don't want to go through painful... I don't want pain. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the world can't hurt me. You know, I... You can post to my f- Facebook page how ugly I, I am, and I'll, like, okay, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I don't care what other people think. I care what my partner thinks. Mm-hmm. Deeply. And so I'm not going to be in a relationship where that's allowed to happen. You're not allowed to hurt me. Right. And that means we're not going to have conflict. By the way, I reciprocate. I'm not going to hurt you either. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. So those were the the three biggest things. I don't want pain. I'm going to travel and I'm going to have this great sex life. Right. That's it. And, well, that's not it. There's a couple that fall into the gray area. Mm -hmm. But now, for the people listening, the elephant in the room, like... What about polyamory? I mean, this is a big part of our life, having relationships with other people. It, bringing other people in is part of the sex life. Again, let's take COVID off the table mm-hmm. because that changes things. But aside from that, polyamory, as important as it is to both of us, would fall into the category very, 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 very strong want. Right. But... And by the way, we both want it. We're going to have it. That's going to be part of our life. We're not mm-hmm. waffling on this idea. Right. We're not wishy-washy. We're not experimenting. It's, it is who we are. But it's it's not a need for either of us in the sense that it wasn't a deal breaker. I would be with you if that wasn't part of our dynamic. Mm-hmm. I would be happier if it was, then I'm happy that it is. Right. But that would not be a I cannot live without if you met all the other kinky sexual parts of my relationship mm-hmm. while we traveled and while you're not hurting me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it would be a point at which you would spend time thinking about it to assess that the actual pure need is being met in order for that to be like, okay, I can live without it. But luckily we don't have to. Yeah, I'm very happy that that's not something. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, one idea of the that we it took a while for you to get the hang or get your head around this, 
was, well, let's talk about the part of the negotiation process. Okay. About this. So when you negotiate your needs, it, that's a really easy negotiation. Mm-hmm. When you're negotiating with your partner because it's not up for negotiation. Right. It's called a negotiation be- because you're discussing it, but your line should be, I have to have this or else we aren't together. So your your point is there. Now you can negotiate how you might go about getting it. Mm-hmm. But you need to dig your heels in. This is It's not a negotiation because you're willing to waffle. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But what... So let's talk about when we discussed these parts of our relationship. Because we sat down and formally discussed all these things over the course of months. When you had the issues with the fibro, the reason why that was fine with me, because it wasn't my kink to be with someone with a chronic illness, but it wasn't on my hard no list that I didn't want to take care of somebody. Mm -hmm. It was on my not even on my want list. It, like, it's on my irrelevant list. Mm-hmm. The idea of taking care of you when you have a, a flare-up once in a while or that you don't have the energy to do certain things because of the chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like, you... It took a long time for you to wrap your head around the idea that none of that bothers me. Other than I wish... It bothers me a lot in the... From, you know, from empathy... Yeah. But but that's not ever going to annoy me. I am never, ever going to get to a point where I think, oh my God, I can't believe it. i got to deal with this again. That will never pop into my head because it's not ranked on my list mm-hmm. of needs or wants. Taking care of a partner is no different than taking out the, the trash or, or having to have a job or changing the oil on our RV, right? I mean, it's just, it's part of life. It is never a, I wish I didn't have to deal with this. It's just part of the package. Mm-hmm. But you had a hard time accepting that, that this wasn't going to be an issue for me, huh? Yeah, I did. And I think a lot of that is based on the fact that it's not something I'm even really comfortable with. Like, I don't like having to need somebody to do things for me when I'm not feeling well. I want to be able to do it myself. It's, it feels like, it doesn't feel good emotionally for me to be dependent. And but I, it's a need. I There is no way around it. It's just who I am now. And I've, and like I've told you so many times, and I'm pretty blunt that I, you're being stupid when you think that. <laughs> and by the way, you're you're just about the smartest person I know. So when I say you're being stupid, it's a, it's, it's relative to the fact that you aren't stupid. But you're stupid when you when you're thinking of it this way, because I'm 51 years old. I will be sick at some point in the future, and you will have to take care of me. I will have health problems. And you aren't going to be bothered one bit taking care of me on those times. Or if you have a fibro issue and I have a health problem, maybe there's a, a <laughs> someone traveling with us who's taking care of both of us. Mm-hmm. But you're just, I understand independence and I understand those 
the idea of not wanting to be in that position. I mean, I'm, it's not stupid. I'm joking. Mm-hmm. But that is just simply part of what a relationship is. I mean, there's no reason to be in a relationship if you don't have one person that's strong where you're weak. Like, why? Why do you need anybody else? Well, mm-hmm. you, you, the reason we need, usually, companionship is because we're not perfect. We have strengths and weaknesses. We want someone who can pick up the slack when we're not able to. Someone who's good at something we're bad at. Some, someone who can handle situations we don't handle well. Mm-hmm. And someone to take care of us when we can't take care of ourselves. It's no different than any, anything else in a relationship. That's why we're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're not being fair to yourself when you think that way. You're doing yourself a disservice and finding a way to feel bad about something when you should just simply feel feel grateful that you have someone that loves you. That's all you should feel. Mm-hmm. Unless I start to act like it's a problem, then all of a sudden, uh-oh, but I, I never will. Right. So no, that's easy. So now negotiating... Oh, and let me add one. So in negotiation... I said I had to be in charge of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not up for negotiation. I said that from the day we started talking about this. Mm-hmm. That when we have conflict, when an argument starts to form, if things start to escalate, if I start to feel tension, I'm in charge. Period. Mm-hmm. I will handle that situation. And, and if you're on, if you're not okay with that, then we're not a match. Right. Might sound like a strange thing to put on a no-negotiation list to someone on the outside. Mm-hmm. But we have to identify for ourselves. We, we, No one else can tell you what should be most important to you. Well, there's an emotional need <coughs> behind it, just like <coughs> the emotional need behind my needing somebody who can handle the fibromyalgia well. Like, it's not just, you know, that I need you to do the dishes once a week because I'm too tired you know like there's an emotional aspect to it my emotional need is I'm over feeling pain right I'm a good man who has done good and works hard to provide a good life for me and takes care of my partner Mm -hmm. I don't deserve pain Mm -hmm. and I finally after all these years got to the point where I said I'm not going to be in a relationship where feeling pain is just part of the package Mm mm-hmm and for those people who say, might say, well, that's just part of relationships. That's just part of life. Mm-hmm. My response would be, maybe you're right. If that's the case, I will not be in a relationship. Because right. I will not let someone in close enough where they can hurt me. I'm not going to be hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that comes from. And by the way, when I say conflict, anytime something comes up where my, where you might say something hurtful, I, I call that, I put that into that same bubble. That's part of the conflict. Mm-hmm. You're frustrated, you snap or something. I don't know. That's not an argument. Mm-hmm. That counts. It's going to get shut down. I'm mm-hmm. not being hurt. Right. I mean, but that is kind of an unusual thing, right? I think it is mostly... I think it's something that people want, but they never express it as a need. Like, I didn't want to argue either. I, for management of my chronic condition, need things to be stress, as stress-free as possible. Like, it, there's no way to completely remove that from life. But 
I don't need my partner to be the source of contention. I don't need somebody who's going to be making me feel like I have to walk on eggshells with what I say or how I do or what a face my... I'm I'm in pain, so I'm making a scowl, and all of a sudden it's made up to be like this big thing that it's really not. I'm just freaking tired, and I can't mm. do life anymore, and I need to be put in bed. Right. You know, well, let me ask about this. The, the, so the negotiation, when we talked about this being a need of mine, mm-hmm. that I was going to be in charge, since that negotiation was not a negotiation, this is how it's going to be. When I start to see conflict, whether coming from you or coming from me, mm-hmm. I'm in charge of shutting it down, and you can't, there's no debate. Right. You must submit it when, at that moment. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Because your negotiation, because it's a need, not a want, Mm because the wants, we go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But because it was a need, how did you process accepting that? I mean, that must have been hard because that's a lot of trust putting in in me. Mm -hmm. Because me being in charge of that could instantly become, you're always wrong. I'm always right. Right. I don't have flaws, but I see them in you. I mean, it could not be good. Mm -hmm. How did you... How did you get to that place where that worked? Well, my very next thing was how would that look? What does that mean exactly? It's not like absolutely not. You're never going to do that because it's not on my need list. But as a side benefit of me being in a place where I don't want the conflict either because of the stress and everything, I think huh, that's not a bad idea for one person to be in control of it. But what does it look like? And if that execution wasn't something I was going to be comfortable with, all the negotiation would have ended there. Right. And what I told you was the way it's going to look is when I start to feel bad feelings coming from you Mm -hmm. or bad feelings coming from me or anxiety, because anxiety is the often the core of all this in my experience when I, or just, I use the word escalate when I start to feel, cause we disagree about stuff all the time. Like everybody, mm-hmm. if I start to feel it escalating, emotions start creeping in the way it's going to look is I'm shutting down that conversation. We are not talking about it until you're in a good space and I'm in a good space. And then I will shut my mouth. Surprising as that may be to people who listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I said, I will shut my mouth and I will listen to every single thing you have to say as long as you say it to me nicely. Right. That's it. You just, you have to be nice about it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'll do the same. Right. And I don't think anybody, when you say that, would disagree that that's a good approach. Everybody would say, hey, let comrades prevail and let's, let's calm down. Mm-hmm. that part's easy no one I mean would anybody have a problem with that probably not the challenging part was when one person has the power to shut it down and the other person must do it mm-hmm. that's the hard part because nobody wants to submit when argument starts right including myself right so we both agree that it had to be executed well like that strategy spot on good but you had but... you couldn't argue that you could not say oh I know I'm supposed to do this but but in but this time I have something that needs to be said. Right. And then I had to execute not well, I had to execute it. And then you have to be able to look back and say, you know what? What he said he did. Mm-hmm. He 
always allowed me to speak. He always listened to what I had to say. He always showed empathy. Mm-hmm. He always validated my feelings. He just set it aside for enough time for us not to argue, and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. That's all that had to happen. Now, that was non-negotiable. Right. So the way we negotiated it was I was firm. The way you negotiated the fibromyalgia was you were firm. We agreed on the other one. So we only had two. Not that we didn't agree, but we only had two that just didn't align. Mm-hmm. The fact that sex and travel. Is a base, the basis of our life. The basis of our life. All right. That works. Now, what about wants? Because they're, the want list is long. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote, I think I have, what, 30 things on my want list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And all, and by the way, I want every single one of these. Mm-hmm. You know, in a perfect world. I mean, and you do check most of them. That's why it's easy. Mm-hmm. But. But they're everything. They're like music taste and hobby interests and stuff like that. Just it's even down to the kind of roadside attractions we like to go to, like that's on there. It's because there's different ways to travel. Just because there's somebody that says they like to travel doesn't mean that we like to do the same kind of things while we travel. And that's not always examined. So when we discussed the wants and we did go through all of them. Mm-hmm. And we negotiated these things. And when we didn't agree, well, then it's just a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Well, are you willing to kind of yield on this area? Yeah. But then, you know, that other thing we talked about, I want you to yield on. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, the negotiating the wants is basically what every couple in every relationship does. Where I think they, they're missing is that they don't formalize it. Mm-hmm. And they don't articulate it and write it down. Right. right? Because, you know, I, we gave a, a, a silly example, and I'll, let's take the DS part out of it, right? But a, a, a great example is, you know, he likes to watch his team play every Sunday, and, and she likes to go to chick flicks. Mm-hmm. And you, those are both wants, right? She wants something, he wants something. He wants to not have to mow the lawn during the game, and she wants to have you take her to a chick flick without you complaining in a traditional relationship. And that's what you want, but then all of a sudden, she is bucking him during the game, and all of a sudden, he doesn't want to see Jennifer Aniston again. And if that had been simply negotiated, and you, you said, look, it's against the rules for you to ask me to do chores during the game, and you write this down, and you agree to it. It's real simple. When she says, hey, by the way, um, during halftime, he's like, I, I, I. we talked about this. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. And then at the minute the game's over, she brings it up. But it's, it's, it's in writing. And the same thing, when he starts to bitch about the movie, she can say, hey, hey, we, we agreed to this. Remember, I, you didn't mow the lawn during the game. You're not allowed. And because he agreed to it, he can go, oh, yeah, you're right. But if without it formalized, then... She can make exceptions because the grass really needs to get mowed. Mm -hmm. And he can make exceptions because, hey, I know I don't like chick flicks, but this one looks extra bad. Right. By the way, how about that for a gender stereotype in there? (laughs) So (laughs) she could like the game and he could like chick flicks. Don't Uh get, don't, 
don't hate on us for this or hate on me. But the formalization of it makes it really easy because you've agreed to it. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I agree to not bitch about the chick flick. And then when you do it, go, oh, but it's okay. No, you wrote it down. Mm-hmm. It's in your writing. Well, and the same thing applies to if you want to have a certain kink present in your sex life or in emotion. Emotional support, if you, you know, like, I do not want to feel fear around that you're going to get sick of taking care of me. It is something that I struggle with. So, if you're going to get tired of reassuring me, it's already a problem. So, it, it it's very much a part of the negotiation. Making sure that you have control over the arguments because that stops anxieties. So... There might be things from your childhood that bring up emotional things that you need to put on the want list. Like, I want to feel cared for. And for me, it's not even a want because of the emotion. It's a want because of the physical limitations that I have. But that in turn gives me emotional fallout so all of that has to be negotiated it has to be addressed and do you agree with that yeah oh i think it's one of the starting places is when you when you're negotiating your wants is to recognize that it is a want not a need and you you are by definition willing to be flexible on all of these wants now, how flexible you are, that's up for negotiation, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you don't want to see a chick flick seven nights a week. Right. Just because you, your want might be, I, I, I like certain movies, it doesn't mean that you're willing to go all the way, but that's why it's a negotiation. I think you're willing to concede in certain areas, but you can also have fun with this because when, you want, when you're willing to concede a certain want in a certain area, well, then dig your heels in a little bit more on, on another one that you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want this? That's fine. But then I expect you to give that. And if the person doesn't want to do it, well, then that means they either hate that thing or, which by the way, should have been on their heart no, or they don't want the thing they're trying to get as much. But that's what negotiations are. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because you can play with these and you could wind up getting... Like, compromise is so... I mean, how freaking hard is it to compromise in a relationship outside of needs? It's not hard. It shouldn't be hard to give and take. Right, and it's still... The wording on that is iffy because a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm compromising, so I'm going to take one for the team on this. It's an all-or-nothing thing. You give on this one. I'll take on this one. And it's not. Negotiation is really more like what it would be in a business contract. It's, I want to sell my stock at this price, and you think that my company is valued at this. So we haggle the price until we have a happy medium. 
Like, that's what true compromise is. It's not, oh, well, I'm just going to concede. And you take whatever you want. Fine. We'll do that one thing. And then the resentments grow because you're giving something that you don't want to. Well, no, but yes, the resentments will grow if you give something you don't want to. Unless you're getting something in return of equal value. Mm-hmm. And you and can find you those can find a way, You can find a way of finding, finding peace with that. Mm-hmm. that I, I get what you're saying, though, because there's something about taking one for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, happens all the time, I mean, in swinging 101. Mm-hmm. Taking one for the team means playing with a person or a couple that you didn't want to because your partner wants to that you really didn't want to and how that can typically be a pretty bad idea I say typically because the negotiation it can work if the other person is willing to take one for the team also I still wouldn't recommend doing it that way it's better if you guys are all on board but taking one for the team still can work if, if you're getting something back where you don't have to feel yucky. But taking one for the team and not getting it reciprocated is, oh, that's that's a way to just sabotage a relationship. Right. Um, it's the it's the noble martyr. Mm-hmm. Like, look at what a good person I'm doing doing that. I mean, the, boy, it, almost immediately then the, the person will can often feel entitled because now. Before long, you're not even doing anything special. You're that's what's supposed to happen in this relationship that you take one for the team. When oh yeah, that's not going to work. So I know that's where you were kind of getting at. I think I'm, yeah, you know. But again, I think that if you if it's a negotiation, uh, and you're getting something in return, I think that's still fair. There's nothing wrong with that. As it's, long as it's bo- the idea that you're not giving all. There's not a blank check on that thing every time you say, okay, well, I'll concede on that thing. And the important part is that you've negotiated it. So when you do give up that thing, you've you've already agreed to do that mm-hmm. because of what that person, and they, as long as they fulfill their part of the contract. It sounds so analytical and clinical, but... Well, and it, it is in it, a way. It, it can be. It, it's, in our experience, I'll, well, I'll speak for myself, in my experience, I find this relationship so easy to navigate because I already know going in what's okay, what's not okay, what I'm going to get, what I need to give. It's, it's so well defined that it's, it's so simple. I mean, it's like my relationships before as I was trying to find something with a Rand McNally, McNally map. And now I have Google maps. Now I, now I've, I got this great app that just tells me which way to go, when to turn. <laughs> right. Now and and by the way, the coolest thing about it is I built that Google map myself. Right. So it doesn't take me on any roads I don't want to go on. Mhm. It's oh boy, it's easy. And now I, we are talking about all this as not part of a DS structure. Right. The the dominance and submission part of the relationship and the reason why is None of that has come into play at this point of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about that, touched on it earlier, but I think that's important because we have negotiated dominance and submission from a point of equality, such as I'm going to be in charge of this. Mm-hmm. 
we've, we've negotiated dominance and submission into that part of our relationship, the conflict part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it didn't permeate the, the discussion. The discussion was what it was. And my having this as a need, as a necessity, was not because I'm in a dominant role. It right. had, had nothing to do with that because as a submissive, you have things that you were just as firm about. Mm-hmm. But we've now negotiated these in. Right. And this is where we can start moving into the, the DS part of this. When you start negotiating wants. Mm-hmm. Um, what n- Needs. We just talked about how a need could be part of this. But there's only a couple needs. Eh, that's not really what, you know, the, where the, the, the DS comes in is more the, on the want list. Right. I want to in charge of the checkbook because I feel anxiety if I don't know where the money's going. You want to not have to deal with money because dealing with money gives you anxiety. Doesn't there, there wants because you could manage a checkbook if you had to and I could be happy not knowing where the money's going. But we want these things. Mm-hmm. And so we negotiate in this example that I would be in control over the checkbook, as I date myself with checkbooks, but I'm <laughs> going to be in control over the checkbooks because I want to be in control. You aren't going to worry about it because you want to let go of that area. That makes both of us happier. Now we have an area of power exchange mm-hmm. because one person's in control over that and one person is submitting in that area. Mm-hmm. But we negotiated that not from... I'm the dominant, I'm in charge of money. Right. We agreed because that's who we are. And again, it's based on the the positions of you as an individual because doing certain things makes you feel bad. And me doing certain things makes me feel bad. So we <clears throat> negotiate what who has which controls based on the individuals, not because I'm a woman, not because you're a man, not because I'm a submissive, not because you're a dominant. It's what's going to be best for the collective. What Wyo likes mm-hmm. and doesn't like, what Manny likes and doesn't like, mm-hmm. and do they align? And if they happen to align, perfect. By the way, in this example I just gave, that isn't who we are. Right. I give two shits about money. I don't, I don't even want to look at the bank account. Mm-hmm. Tell me when we need to make more money and I'll, I'll make more money. Mm-hmm. So people might think that was strange. But the reason why you manage the money isn't because you were the pants in this family. Right. We've, and, and by the way, it's not just that, that, it's, that isn't even something that you want to have control over. Right. So you don't even have a want to so that would be an example of something. You probably don't want to be in control over money, but it's a want, so you are willing to be flexible on it because in our dynamic, same thing, I don't mind managing the money. However, I think you're more organized than me. So in our relationship, we are better when the organized person handles money. That should be obvious. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have to worry about money, 
managing money, I can focus on making money, which is better for our relationship because of your fibro, you're, you can't make money. Right. So you free me up of stress and anxiety and time so I can make money. You manage money, which means I don't have to worry that things are getting taken care of. Mm-hmm. So we've negotiated, strange as it might sound to people, that you're in control of the money of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Not because you're wearing the pants. Right. And because I have this control over this area of our life doesn't mean that I have to concede on anything else. Mm. It's just what works best for us. <clears throat> so it's not like, well, I'm going to take control of the money. So that means that when we have date nights, you, or because we have, we're going to have conflict, like this is what I'm giving you. I'm going to just submit because I, you know, I'm in control of the money. So now you can be in control of the conflict. That's not how it works. Yeah. I don't ask permission to spend money mm-hmm. the way someone not, you might think you might, I, I don't ask permission for anything in this relationship mm-hmm. ever. If I'm going to spend money, I'm going to spend money. I'm going to defer to you and ask you what our balance is. Right. And you're going to let me know. And then if there's enough money to do the thing I want to do, I'm going to ask you, do we have anything upcoming where we need to need this money before I can make more? And if the answer is no, I don't ask permission. I'm just going to spend the money. It's our money. Mm-hmm. But I will show you the respect of your position of being in charge. So this is an area where neither one of us wanted to deal with money. Mm-hmm. It was not important to either of us. Mm-hmm. So actually neither of that was, I, I, I guess in that case, neither of those were even a want for us. No. Um, maybe a little bit for me because I wanted to not deal with money mm-hmm. if, I could, if I could let that go. But I, when I'm single, I manage money. It's not a big deal. Right. Well, and um, that goes back to the idea that we both, bring value to the relationship and we can handle things on our own. It's not that we're incapable of it. You know, it's so, just a matter of what's working best now as the as a couple. Right. And because we've negotiated this, mm-hmm. I don't question the management of the money. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm not allowed to. It's because I've agreed to that. I've agreed that I'm not going to micromanage you. Mm-hmm. Because that would give you stress. In fact, one of your things that you negotiated was when you wanted to, not wanted to, sorry, you didn't want to be in charge of money. But when you agreed to be in charge of money, that it was important that if you were in charge of money, that I, that I let you and don't micromanage, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I can't because if I start to do that, you can simply point out that that's what I'm doing. Right. And I'll back off because I agreed to it. Yeah, I, I wanted the trust to be present on that like you trust that if i switch credit card companies that it's because i have a reason to do that i'm not if i ask like (laughs) other people would you know but i'm gonna be constantly shopping for cheaper insurance or something like that i'm gonna find ways to save money for us even though you don't really care what the price of gas is and you'll pay whatever the pump says and i'm gonna say that one over there's Three cents cheaper. I would rather pay. I, <laughs> I would rather pay for more expensive insurance than look into insurance prices. Right, because that is something that's. It would be painstaking to have to sort through. For me. For you, and I will do it because I think saving fifty bucks is a good thing. 
So. And I would rather make fifty dollars than stress over trying to save fifty dollars. <laughs> so it works out well. But it's perfect. But but it was negotiated and agreed mm-hmm. upon, and and you know that's the the point of negotiation. And we were both flexible because there weren't needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these are when they're wants. It means you have to be willing to give them up too. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to I want a partner I mean I a primary whatever you want to label it mm-hmm. who's really really intelligent mm-hmm. but I, I I could have lived with you not being and there's no negotiation there it's just deciding that when it comes down to it if you check the other boxes eh, if, if you couldn't talk at certain levels okay we're I, I'm I can be okay with that Mm-hmm. So not all the wants are up for negotiation. Some of them are just an accepting that if you if it's something you want, it also means you, you're willing to give it up. Because if you list 30 wants, I mean, the odds that someone checks all of those. I want someone who's six foot four or taller and the person's six foot three. Well, you need to give up that I want them to be six foot four. Mm-hmm. So there there isn't always negotiation in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just having to yield, but you've objectively decided you are willing to yield in this area, right? Right. Well, you have to check it with yourself. If it's something that, like, I feel safety and security in the fact that you're a large man. You're very tall in stature. You're more muscular than I am. I'm not going to feel that same safety and security with somebody who's the same height as me. So that's maybe something I wouldn't yield on. It, you have to check it on yourself. If they meet enough of the other criteria, then maybe. If it's not something you would yield on, you'd call it, it would have to be called a need. I, or I, a very strong want. A very, a very strong want, but a very mm-hmm. strong want means... I, I. If it's not something you're willing to yield on, then... That's in a non-negotiable category. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're allowed, or not allowed to, I don't think you should have a whole list of non-negotiables because then you... Um, I didn't watch Seinfeld because, typically because I, I like comedies. Mm-hmm. That just piss people off. <laughs> but I remember there uh, wasn't that... Like one of the themes of the show is that he would meet these otherwise amazing women that just had one thing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And it, that derailed the relationship. Yeah. Every, but it happened all the time. Wasn't that like a... That a, was a recurring thing for it, all of their relationships. Like, Elaine was, didn't want to be with the close <clears throat> talker. You know, like, there was... So it was, it was not just that. Okay, yeah. so, yeah. So, that's what happens when you have a need list that's too long. Mm-hmm. You put, you need to figure out which ones those are and... and it's not a matter of prioritizing and picking the top three. It's a matter of, yeah. Know, if you have too many needs that that in that category, you're going to be single, right? Or unhappy. So you got to really pick and choose those. Mm-hmm. And that's where the checking it with your emotions is, because if something is essential to your happiness, like if, if you I don't like body hair. 
and it's going to irritate me to the point where I'm going to be thinking about it all the, the time. The rest of your life. The rest of my life. You need to put that on your... Right. Need. And so let's let's take the... So we talked about needs, and then we talked about wants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a category of things you don't care about, mm-hmm. which those are great, because if, if you really don't care either way, mm-hmm. then then just give in on all of those. <laughs> like, who cares? Right. I mean, if it's not something that matters to you and it's something your partner wants, that's a four-second negotiation. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go to Chick Flicks. Well, I don't care what movie we see, so yeah, we'll, we can pick the movies. Yeah. Done. That's easy. So now at the far end of the spectrum are the, the, the hard no's, which are basically the, the needs. If, if you are this, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you are obese... Mm-hmm. And I'm not attracted to obesity. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you that that makes you shallow. That's just you. That's mm-hmm. on your list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be that you don't want to be with a smoker. Mm-hmm. It could be that you wouldn't be happy with someone that works at a gas station. Or I hate the color red, so never ever wear that. <laughs> but wouldn't that be a. I, I, that would be a weird need. <laughs> like a hard no, <laughs> but if it's but but if that's what matters, but if that if is it, your hard it no, can be whatever we can't sets off we your... can't judge for you what your hard no is. Right, that's what you're saying. I'm saying it took me a second. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Then I went, "Oh, okay." Because the, my first thought was, I judged someone else's mm-hmm. hard no. So yeah, ignore what anybody else has on that list. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who who cannot be happy unless the person you're with makes a certain amount of money. Don't let anybody tell you that that shouldn't be important to you and that you're shallow. Mm-hmm. If that is your need slash hard no, mm-hmm. then don't compromise in that area. Right. You're not, like, you can't be happy if that's the case. Right. Um, unless you feel like you could negotiate them choosing a better job. Right. Which, that's, if they're willing, if it's your hard no or your, need and the person's willing to negotiate to give that to you that's okay right but be, be damn sure that they're gonna do what they say right but the the hard nose are, are are just as firm mm-hmm. i'm not going to be with a smoker because i can't stand the smell of smoke and i know that there's an x percentage chance that you're going to leave me early when i'm too old to find somebody else i won't i won't do that mm-hmm. and then just be firm Quit smoking or we're not together. Quit drinking or we're not together. Mm-hmm. Lose weight or we're not together. And if the person won't, which is their right, don't be angry at them. Just It's just they weren't a fit. Right. But you're not willing to negotiate your hard no's any more than you're willing to negotiate your, <clears throat> you know. Again, hard no's are not strongly dislikes. I really don't want to be with a smoker, but mm-hmm. they check all the other boxes I'm willing to yield on that so one. Maybe if they only smoke outside. I could, you know, you know I could, like, I could, I could yeah. live with it. And as long as they're always trying to quit, then I know they're intense there because it's hard, you know. But no, if it's a hard no or a soft no. Right. Right. That's need versus want. Mm-hmm. And if it's a hard no, don't negotiate. There's, there is no, there, there's negotiation, but your side is firmly planted. And the person needs to know that you're firmly planted. Right. And make it known what the cause of that is. If you have asthma and you can't handle the smoke, or it's you have a severe PTSD associated with 
the smell of smoke. That's just as valid in either. It it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. It's just your, you get to pick your own lines Mm -hmm. for you. But if you have 20 hard no's, it's going to be hard to find someone that doesn't (laughs) fail in some of those areas. But I, I love it when you see a profile on Tinder or Bumble that said non-smoker swipe left or smoker swipe left, mm-hmm. or if you're not 420 friendly swipe left. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that is a great starting place because now you're you're simply ruling out that part of the dating pool and you're talking to those people that are left with all the challenges you had before. But at least you're not going to be with them and realize that they're. It turns out that they smoke after they've stolen your heart. Mm-hmm. Ugh. There's nothing worse than falling in love and realizing the person wasn't who you thought. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, I mean, we've all done that. I mean, all these things are, that can happen no matter how much you negotiate, how firm you are, but yeah. it's a starting place. So those are the points of negotiation. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, this was longer than I think we planned, but. It's well, really we don't important. plan. That's kind of the... Well, that, yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah, that's... What am I saying? Planned. <laughs> Longer than we, we were thinking. We were thinking this would be less than an hour. Yeah. But... But really, the basis of it is... Separate your needs from Know your who you are. Be firm in what you are. And when you're negotiating, come to the table as equals. Yes. Even Even when you're talking dominance and submission... Your role does not make you inferior or superior. And write these things down. At the very least, write down your needs and your hard nose. Mm-hmm. Put those in writing. Put them on the fridge. If you smoke or if you don't want kids, we're not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if it's in writing, it's really hard to come home from a date when with someone that totally charmed you. And then you see it on the fridge. That's my hard no. And don't back down on those. Just make sure that list isn't 20 things long mm-hmm. or else you're going to be on Seinfeld. <laughs> but if you don't put it in writing, it's, I like I can, like I said, this is probably my number one piece of dating advice. If you don't put your hard nose and your needs in writing, you can so easily get swept away with all the other things. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're, you're in it and now you're screwed Mm -hmm. you are it sucks yeah and it's even harder in polyamory spaces because you're also going to affect the other partners and the dynamic let's talk about that real briefly now like we didn't even talk about the polyamory we touched touched on ds because Mm -hmm. ds isn't really even part of this part of the negotiation Mm -hmm. it just leads to it right but the polyamorous part is it just opens up flexibility if you're given flexibility, mm-hmm. right? Using our earlier example, your partner doesn't have to be into chick flicks. If there's someone that likes chick flicks, yeah. that you can go with. Go with another partner. And as long as that's okay with you, as long as you're accepting of that, mm-hmm. it does add a, all different layers of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard nose might be more difficult. Like... Just because you have other partners wouldn't change the fact that your partner smokes, and that's a hard no. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a little different. But as far as getting the needs, some are maybe 
more flexible than others. I don't think if your primary partner doesn't want kids mm -hmm. and a secondary partner does, I don't think that helps you if you want to be a full-time parent. Right. But if they're, if one of your needs is being tied up with ropes and suspended and beaten twice a month, well, that's, that's an, a simple one to find from somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So polyamory just opens up those things, but that also comes from a point of negotiation. Mm -hmm. I, I need this. Will you allow me to get it elsewhere? And if you're firm on it, then again, you're not waffling. You're, you're basically giving your partner options. I need this, you can either give it to me from you or give it to me from somebody else. But they have two options to give it to you, not just one. Mm -hmm. It makes it, like, I don't want to say easier. There's nothing easy about doing this if, if you're not part of this world. It's, right, and it's not an ultimatum. It's a, it's a, it's how, a, it's a point of execution. Mm -hmm. How is this need going to get met? It is an ultimatum. No, that is an ultimatum. It's just not an ultimatum it, the way that word has been soured to mean some contentious yeah you know like it, that word gets used to, to, in a derogatory way like you oh, you give someone an ultimatum but that is the right word mm -hmm. when you're defining your needs isn't it I need this or we're not going to work it's not it's not automatically bad I need it or I'm not or I'm going to go get it somewhere else is different and so. I'm going and you're either going to stay in my life or you're not <laughs> But I won't live without this need. Mm -hmm. God, it's you know what's funny about this as we're talking, I, I I keep thinking, and this is what I've done this time. But mm -hmm. I keep thinking it's so easy to say this to people, mm -hmm. and so difficult to execute when a person is lonely, mm -hmm. when a person is desperate, when a person meets someone that is so great in so many other ways. Mm -hmm. Telling them, oh, I, I know that you that you have more fun and better sex than you've ever had in your entire life, but you know that you've always wanted kids. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so easy on the outside to say, oh, but their heart's involved and feelings and mm -hmm. not wanting to be sad without somebody. So. Well, we'll do an episode on that because we've talked about how our intention is to protect the hearts of the people that we've have relationships with so yeah I think that's a good introduction to that future episode so. okay which will come about two months from now <laughs> at the earliest because we have about that many episodes already yeah. recorded alright well send us your feedback we'd love to hear how your negotiations go if you have questions about how we handle anything we're open books to discuss how we've approached all the areas of our relationship Reach us at our social media contacts. They're all listed on kinkbuffet.com. Or send us an email at kinkbuffet at gmail.com. And tell us where we're wrong. I always say this, but mm -hmm. I like hearing where I'm wrong or where, or where you disagree. Don't just write in and tell us how helpful and how great we are. Like, we like hearing that, too. Of, of course, course we do. <laughs> we, of course that feels good. Mm -hmm. But... I find it even more productive when someone questions it and says, I disagree with it, or here's why it won't work, or here's a point you missed. Mm -hmm. Like, please, don't hesitate. We, we love that. Yep. Until next time. Bye.